Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. To be a bit provocative with your audience today, is uh, common in the sector and the clients that you have as your members, is risk culture. And what I would say is that there is no such thing as a risk culture. And we'll put that out there nice and early. In this edition of the GRC Professional Podcast, we speak to David Byron from Human Synergistics, who talks about some of the misconceptions that organisations might have around culture. He will also be facilitating a workshop on April 9th um, entitled A Practical Guide to Shaping Culture. So just check the show notes of this podcast to find out more information about that. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine and GRC Professional News page. And with me, I have David Byram from Human Synergistics. Um, Have I pronounced your name correctly? Perfect, Kwame. Have I pronounced your name correctly? (laughs) Yes, you have. Thanks, Kwame. It's great to be here. It's great to be here with uh, GRC and your listeners and your audience and talk about what we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks or about a month, actually. Yeah, excellent. So culture, culture, culture. That's the thing that everybody's talking about. How does it work in your organization? How are we going to meet the regulatory obligations? I mean, obviously, the recommendations from the Royal Commission have come out and everybody's trying to figure out, you know, where they stand with these recommendations. But what is culture, I think, is the real question. Do you think organizations understand what culture is? That's a great question, and I think the answer to your question is no. Uh, it's, it's quite a topical, and uh, the Royal Commission actually defined it quite well, and in our view, uh, the definition is correct. So we always like starting with what is culture, because a lot of people don't understand what culture is. And culture is the expected behaviour the individuals have. It's the, the norms inside the organisation. So a very simple layman's way to explain that would be for me to thrive or survive within my organisation, how should I behave? What am I expected to behave? Unfortunately, what happens is a lot of clients confuse the terms climate, culture and engagement. They're all related and they're all interlinked. Um, What we know, though, is what's coming out of the Royal Commission is a lot of the work is around measure culture. And unfortunately, what a lot of clients have been doing historically is actually measuring engagement and some of the climate variables behind that. So let me just briefly define those. So engagement is the satisfaction, the motivation, the outcome my employees have, but the feeling my employee has or my members of my organisation have about the organisation. Climate are some of the variables, some of the artefacts we see, some of the structures we actually see. So it's what leaders do, it's how well I'm involved, it's the way the jobs are designed. And those artefacts that we can see, it's the look and feel of an organisation. So it's the the quality of the furniture they have in there, the layout of the office. They actually influence culture, uh, all the expected behaviours and the norms, but the culture also influences those climate variables. So the big challenge is for clients, and they're they're hand in hand, they're the head and tail of the the coin, is you want to actually measure both the climate variables, the artefacts, as well as the culture, the expected behaviours, to build a plan for change. And over time, you'll change the outcomes, of which outcome is engagement. So outcome is engagement. The other thing I'd say, and to be a bit provocative with your audience today, is uh, common in the sector and the clients that you have as your members, is risk culture. Mm And what I would say is that there is no such thing as a risk culture. And we'll put that out there nice and early. Um, risk is an outcome of culture. So risk on its own right is you don't, don't have a risk culture. What I would say is do you have a culture that minimises risk? Do you have a culture that manages risk? Do you have a culture that accepts risk? So there are 
aspects of your culture that influence risk. Equally, there are aspects of your culture that influences innovation, right. influences diversity. In uh, some client sectors, say the manufacturing, the mining, even in banking and insurance, culture influences safety. It influences creativity. So unfortunately, there's all these outcomes of culture that get labelled as culture. But culture is the expected behaviours. Right, so I can definitely see that there's a bit of like a problem of language almost that can be a problem in itself. So you think by labelling it risk culture, does that present a problem and maybe have the unfortunate outcomes that we've seen come out of the Royal Commission? I think it does. Yeah. I think I think what it creates is a, it's a great question. I think it creates an environment where people all of a sudden feel that I need to do something to manage the behaviours for risk in the organisation or for innovation in the organisation. But in, invariably what they need to do is they need to concentrate on the behaviours to bring out the best for the organisation, the teams in the organisation and the individuals in the organisation. And those best behaviours will allow them to be optimising their risk profile, their innovation profile, their diversity profile, their creativity, etc. So I think it does create confusion. I think I'd add to that and say that Unfortunately, uh, we put in rules and practices around culture and all of a sudden, I think one of the pitfalls that could potentially come out of the Royal Commission is all of a sudden we create more checklists, more governance, more right. policies, more procedures, which will actually drive a culture of what we define as a compliant or passive defensive culture. Right. People won't do anything for fear of getting it wrong. They won't raise issues or raise concerns, so they'll just focus on the policy and the process. But the process might not always be right, and therefore there's not this diversity of thinking and how to approach a problem. So, of course, we've spoken a bit about that sort of risk culture and the problem of looking at it that way, but I can also see a challenge for risk and compliance professionals in when they have to sort of communicate what the challenges are to their board and to the business. Um, so if they can't use the familiar terms of risk culture, um, and I guess some of the other material terms that you've mentioned earlier, what language should they be using when they great. speak to their board? Yeah, great question. Uh, I'd, be foc I'd be working with the risk professionals around how do we encourage and use language that is where we want to be, all right? So I, I refer to it as the Google School of Values, and I'm not to saying about Google, but you can Google the values of any organisation, and you'll have the standard list we value integrity, honesty, teamwork, collaboration, partnering, openness, trust. They'll all be in there. Um, but what do they actually really mean like? So we distill that down and we refer to the constructive behaviours. And it's the behaviours around achievement. We can make a difference. We can problem solve together. We can grow. We can plan. Humanistic and encouraging. So the, the degree to which we can grow and develop ourselves, the degree to which we grow and develop, teach, mentor others. Affiliative, which is the level of respect we have for others, the level of inquisition I have and desire to learn about others. And finally, the peak of our constructive cluster is self-actualising, which is the degree to which people are creative, uh, spontaneous, look to be to bring them true selves. So the behaviours that I'd be encouraging risk professionals to talk about at a board level are the degree to which our organisation is achieving, developing people through being humanistic, being affiliative and relating to people, and being self-actualised, allowing people to be the best. Relative to behaviours that don't inspire that, so relative behaviours that avoid 
be critical, right. take control, be dominating power, be conventional, be dependent, be competitive, be too perfectionistic, or be approval, which are driven more from a security mindset than a satisfaction mindset. So it's the balance of are we more satisfaction or more security orientated? And therefore, we're moving away from this language of risk. That's the behaviours we want. Because if I go into a board meeting and say, are we risk compliant? The question I would ask if I'm on the board is, how do you know? Right, right. Yes, excellent. And I guess it would also prevent that inevitable board question that many of our members have heard is, um, how do we just do the bottom line? You know, it, it forces people to think at a higher level in terms Co- of behaviour. Yeah, and you want to move um, to that higher level thinking. Um, and I like your language. If you're thinking it's that bottom line, uh, the challenge I'd give to the board is, are you actually looking to grow and develop the organisation or are you you're really looking to do the minimum? And then the minimum becomes a compliant activity. Mm-hmm. So have we put in a process to ensure risk is under control? Yes or no? And someone comes in and says, yes, we have a process. But there's no reflection on how well does the process work? What does the process encourage? What does the process discourage? To actually allow the organisation to have the best possible risk profile as an outcome. All right, excellent. So we don't give too much more away before the event. Um, the only thing I would ask is, are there some key takeaways that you hope that our attendees um, will sort of be able to take back to the organization and say, okay, this is how we get it right? Yeah, I think um, there are probably three key takeaways um, that I want to hit on the, from the presentation we gave with the team. Uh, firstly, I want to make it very open. Come along and ask me lots of questions. I love questions because I'm always willing to learn uh, and grow. But number one is this definition of what is culture. And I'll expand that a little bit more. And I've got a couple of examples that I'll use to illustrate the difference between climate and culture. Number two is how do I do something about it? Um, So what's the process that we're actually going to go through to actually improve, enhance or sustain our culture? So I'll, I'll, I'll touch on the four steps, which is all around understanding why. Um, we're going to work together on culture uh, within our organisation. When I say work together, it's working together as a team within the organisation. How you build a baseline um, of where you are and where you want to be. And we'll talk about the importance of enlisting and engaging the organisational stakeholders for the change. We'll then talk about how you create the change. Uh, Where are we now? Where do we want to be? So let's do something about it. So we've got the baseline and let's do something about create the change. And finally, we'll touch on how do I learn and sustain. So the second thing I'd like people to walk away with is a process. And there is a process to do that. And finally, and they're all important, I'd like people to walk away with the contribution that they make as leaders um, in that overall process. And I often say that leadership and culture go hand in hand. Um, it's a bit like climate and culture of the two sides. So uh, leadership and culture are, are really a tandem tandem act. And as an individual and as a leader and as the professionals coming to the presentation, they all play a role in the culture. Right. So touch on what their role in the culture is. All right, excellent. Well, thank you so much, David, for your time this afternoon. And I hope that members are listening. Their interest is peaked and we'll see them all next month um, learning a bit more about how to get the right culture in your organisation. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Kwame. I believe it's April the 9th. Yep. So I'm looking forward to the session and I hope to see your members there. And please ask me any question. Come up at the end of the session, ask me more questions. 
looking forward to working with you guys. Thank you. Great. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening to the GRC Professional Podcast. This podcast was produced by the GRC Institute and the original music was written by Rob Neary.